It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. And as we showed you last week, we've actually got a proper plank to give away at the end of the show. Today, I'm very, very happy to say we're joined by two uh, stalwarts, veterans, you might even say, of Plank of the Week. James Max, uh, our very own talk radio early morning breakfast presenter, and Georgie Frost, recently re- returned from European climbs. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for uh, joining us. So, James, I'm going to ask you to kick us off uh, with your first nomination. My first nomination is somebody who actually is quite competent. And I'm sort of feeding to the obvious here because people will say it's because of your politics that mm. you're choosing him. But I want to choose Keir Starmer. Good, good man. The difficulty that I have with him, though, is that he's Captain Hindsight. He is. He is absolutely brilliant at telling you how you should have done things had you been him, except on every single occasion when he is asked to give his opinion as to what the policy might be. Mm. No idea. I know, he doesn't have any policy thoughts whatsoever. In fact, today, when he was being critical before Boris Johnson uh, made his latest statement... He said uh, that they got it wrong in June about the kids going back to school. Well, back in June, Keir Starmer wasn't telling anyone what they should do. Because when Boris Johnson asked him five times, will you actually say the children should go back to school? He wouldn't say. He wouldn't say it. And that's because of his legal training. So he is forensic. He's brilliant. He's going to be fantastic. I hate that word. Forensic. People call him forensic like it's a good thing. He's not forensic. He's just dull. And boring. Okay, well, I I think he's forensic in the way that he examines, and he's examining and holding the government to account in the way that the leader of the opposition should. Thank goodness for that. Well done him. But two things. So why is he a plank then? So he's a plank for two reasons. One, because it's Captain Hindsight and I'm getting sick of it. I want some policies. Either get some policies or shut up. The second thing, which is really irritating me, is couldn't you do better than... um, under new leadership. I mean, really? And under new management as well was even worse, wasn't that it? That was even worse. I mean, both of them are dull, dull, dull. Yeah. Also, he was under the management of the last management. Well, so quite. it's a bit kind of discourteous, I would say. Well, it is rather. Uh, so and, I think and misleading to make out that he had nothing to do with Jeremy Corbyn. So I would say either lead or get off the box. Right. Well, he also admitted this week that he was vegetarian, but he still misses a bacon sandwich, which I thought was quite plankish as well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a vegetarian, but, you know, it's why would you say, but I miss a chicken curry? Because he's always trying to please everyone. That's his problem. Well, either do it or don't do it and do it for the reasons. Don't do it because of pressure from other people. Do it because you want to do it. Yes, indeed. There we go. Then everybody agrees. I, well, listen, and also, it will come as no surprise to you that Keir Starmer has been on this list quite a lot this year. I, I'm sure he has. But the other thing I object to, just was <laughs> I'm sick and tired yeah. of people having a gong for just doing their blooming job. Yes, I know. 
Enough already. Sir Keir Starmer. No, I just called him Keir. I know. Well, I, I just called him Sir Keir because that's what you're supposed to call him. But to be fair to him, he doesn't use it on his Twitter account, does he? No. Right, he I'm just going to uses... jump in here and Go. say, um, badly, I'm jumping in because I agree with what you're saying, largely. I'm very disappointed mm. with the lack of policies. Yeah. It's all well and good saying I don't agree with this. And actually, by and large, he has agreed with what the government's done so far. Well, he says but he agrees But where's with the policy? Where is the direction mm. out of this? Right. Where is the economic policy that yeah. we're going to be having? I mean, Annalisa Dudas to vote for I mean, this new needed. leadership. What right. is this new leadership? Yeah. What is it? It's not the last one. Well, I worked right. that one out. Well, yeah. exactly. So where is it going? Mm. I mean, I mean, his, his, you know, Annalisa Dodds, I think her name That's is. Her. So she's the shadow chancellor. She's I not mean, great, is she? No. She's, I mean, the problem she's is... She's really not great. The problem is that she doesn't have a grasp of her subject. No. And that is going to be a real issue because the credibility factor, when it comes to policy, so first of all, you've got to come up with policies, and secondly, you've got to have the credibility to be able to then crunch the numbers. I'm not saying that the current lot, by the way, are doing a particularly good job. Yeah, but Rishi Sunak's a pretty good chancellor, oh, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's, and, and, he's smart. I mean, she's got no chance against him. No, she will get. All. She will have no look in whatsoever. Mm. She is lacking in the fight. But I thought that was an easy thing. I'd much rather go for the top, go for the leadership, because there is no leadership. Yes. Also, they're all planks, these politicians at the moment, because they're having these virtual conferences. I mean, you know, conference yeah. season is upon us, but you can't have a proper conference. How about you just don't have one then, instead of having this virtual conference where nobody's actually there, you're making a speech, the BBC covers it live as if it's something to actually watch. And it means nothing. It means well, absolutely nothing. One. Absolutely have one. Why? Why not? Well, surely but the have point one of... where you're actually going to discuss something that's meaningful. No, because the whole point of conferences, right, is that you go to some seaside town in Britain, everybody gets drunk, stays up all say, night, has sex with people they shouldn't have sex with, and then they all go back to London a week later. Yeah. But if you can't actually do any of that, there's no point. The policies don't matter a fag end, really. You know, people remember conferences for many other reasons. I've been to a political conference. Have you not? Really? No. That surprises me. Mine no. just summed it up absolutely beautifully. Well, that's exactly what happened. Have you both been? I found myself by accident in a Conservative Party conference once. And did you have some unfortunate accidents? Lots of other people do. Uh, Let's put it that well, way. Well, I don't know about... I, mean, the most, I was a journalist there observing what other observing people were doing. And I have to say, the most it was an interesting experience. <laughs> The most important <laughs> things that happen at party conferences are the parties, basically. Forget yes, about sure. what goes on during the day. Yeah, Daily, like, Mirror, look, Daily Mirror used to be, have the big party at the Labour Party conference. But right? it's the same as any conference. I mean, I've been to property ones and things and stuff. Nobody right. cares what's happening on the list no, of things you go there the, to the agenda. Right. Then you go for the drinks and the do's and the whatever. Exactly. But that's why they shouldn't be having them virtually, because there's any point. Well, we don't care, it? do we? But that is everything I hate about the party conferences. Yeah. The schmoozing, networking... This is exactly what shouldn't be in our parties. It's what, exactly what's got us into this difficult situation no, where we have such poor, a paucity of decent politicians. The politicians at the moment are pretty awful, I have to say. So, Dessa, you've probably got another one to what, nominate. You know, this is one of the hardest ones. I mean, I've done this a few times now. It's the hardest one because there's just so much choice. I know. There is so much choice. Do I go for Dido Harding and the whole test and trace debacle and oh fruit. we didn't see it coming and schools going back when one fifth of people are in schools university or working yeah. how could you not tell anyone who's been a child knows that a few sniffles every child has every one. september parents get That's, sick because kids get sick exactly modeling i mean chris witty uh, science scientists taking over the you government he's one matt of hancock is just i mean he's a gift that keeps giving in a yeah. really bad way. I love the number of people who keep now mispronouncing his name in various comedic uh, manners. Oh, well. I mean, I they mean, just keep doing it. And some do. of them are probably do it deliberately, but it's But quite it's funny. not funny. 
It's not funny. Definitely it's not, not funny. mature. No. It's not mature. Very not. No, but I mean, not. there's so much with him. I mean, he's like, oh, goodness me, he's like the kid in school that was really not popular, and now he's got the prefect badge and thinks he's. Oh, my goodness me. Every option's on the table, he says, at the weekend, except common sense. But anyway, I'm not going to pick him. I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to pick, because of what you said, the leader. And this is all about leadership. And this has to come down to Boris. Mm. And I've been asking for weeks, where's Boris? Where's Boris? And then there was a great article in The Spectator asking just that question. Where is he, the great communicator, the great Mm. PR man of his own bluster? I mean, can you imagine what he'd be writing in his Telegraph column about snitching on your neighbours and COVID marshals and all those sorts of things? This has happened under his watch. I just, you know, the rule of six, the circuit break, it's like a bad Western movie titles. I mean, what's going on? But here's the question, I'm sorry, but allowing health ministers or allowing scientists to deliver a speech that he really should have been doing and not having anyone ask them questions. And I don't mean political journalists yeah, yeah. asking them questions. I mean health correspondents but asking isn't that the mistake, and though, questioning that we've seen the data. That, I mean, you've picked up on two really important things there. The first is that the whole um, press conference thing was a mess in terms of allowing the political people in when they shouldn't have been in. And then the second point is making sure that we can ask the questions and have the questions asked and answered when we need them. But then... The other question I have to ask you is, if you are going to choose, and you have to choose between one or other of these people, are you going to choose, despite the fact the plank is there, are you going to choose Boris Johnson to be the Prime Minister or Keir Starmer to be the Prime Minister? Because that is the choice that you have. So if you pick the one that you've picked, then the other one is going to be the Prime Minister. Except so for the fact that what, on Plank of the Week, they could both be planks. So, you know. Why do we have to be? I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm not. Who is I'm more not plankish? anti Boris here. I'm not saying that well, this I'm is. Well, I'm not anti Keir. Uh, exactly. Not, neither am I. I mean, I'm pretty neutral on this. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is they're both doing a job that is pretty poor. I mean, I think, I'll be I, honest. Where you is would the have leadership? To, you'd have to, I suppose, give them some slack in as much as they, they're, they're you know, combined. Uh, with whatever was going on with Brexit, they've now moved into this new area of, of, of global pandemics, which nobody really knew anything about. Um, meanwhile, however, I would agree with you that Boris has been a plank up until, uh, I, I would never have said that up until probably about June or July. But since around about that time, you know, he just hasn't quite been able to make the right decisions, I don't think. This and he's been following the wrong people. Anna, Do you think he's made the impos- wrong decisions? Since, since yes. he didn't fire Dominic Cummings, this is, that was the mistake. This isn't all about... Uh, we I get caught up in this him. Dominic Cummings thing, right? Let's just put him to one side. Yeah. Boris Johnson is his own man. He's been very good in the past about surrounding himself with good people. I don't know if this is uh, an issue with that. But what? remember the times when we stood outside on Thursday evenings and we clapped... Mm. Right? He had the public, I, I think, by and large with him. We spoke about Dishy, Dishy no. Rishi. Where is Rishi Sunak and all this? It seems to be all of a sudden since that time, the economics have just gone off the, gone off the wayside. And it's now all about the health. You cannot take a look at it being binary. It's one or the other. It's not. We need leadership and he needs to start bringing the public along mm. with him in the decisions he's and that's making. The point. It is very tough. Re- but tell us what's going on. What's one of the, the things data? you have to be when you're prime minister is either very popular, making popular decisions or making the right decisions and being unpopular. He's doing neither of them. He right? wants to he's be not popular. popular and he's not making the right decisions which are making him unpopular. He's just making the wrong decisions. He's listening to the people who I call the brothers Grimm, those two characters who were up this week, you know, witty and... Um, and Valence, who basically are selling us this pandemic's getting worse. That's what they're doing. They're selling it. 
saying, oh, this is awful. Look, we have to do this. But isn't it interesting, though, because as we know that 76% of all statistics are made up, the difficulty that I have with the statistics that they're using is that they're not using data from the same set. No. Than they had before. No. So what they were saying before is, this is the number of people who were testing positive, but we thought it was much higher. Yeah. We thought it was in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And now we've got much greater testing, and, and we've got these tests where it's not even as high as it was before, no. and they're not comparing like with like. No. And what I want to see is, I want to see a better piece of analysis, and I also want to see better guidance for people so that it is easier to do it. Yes. And, and, and I do think that it goes back, Cummings, whatever you like, and whatever you say about him, I think that is the point at which the British public kind of got their two fingers out or launched the bird or whatever you want to do, just to say, if you can't do it and you won't do it, why the heck should we? Yes. And I think there's a bit of that, but I, I, think, I think that's oversimplifying. I think now what we've got is a, is a guy who is frightened because he doesn't want to make it look as if he's uh, being sort of carefree and not being concerned enough about the health problems that might be caused by more of an outbreak. But he needs to find us a way out. I mean, that's his what? job. His job now is to listen to the scientists and go, right, OK, I've taken that into account. I've taken this into account. This is what we're going to do. And all he did today was say, right, everybody has to get out of the pub by 10 o'clock. And you're kind of going, well, what does that mean? Based on what? Exactly. Based on what? Look, I don't mind. Implement these measures. Rule of six, 10 o'clock. Mm. Tell me why. Give me the evidence. Right. Let me question that evidence. Yeah. Where is the communication? Let Parliament question that evidence. That's not happening. No. I just don't understand. Where is the leadership? It's all great and good to try and get everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. But what's the hymn sheet? Where is the direction? Are we waiting for moonshot testing? Are we waiting for a vaccine? What's the economic... We're facing an economic yeah. tsunami. What are we going to do about that? Well, the only, well, I think you're right to say the, the economic tsunami needs some announcements very quickly. The other thing is that people need some certainty. I think that we need to have... Which we don't have. Which we don't have. And I know that you can't have certainty, but what you can do is rather like... Um, you, if you have an elderly relative, you know when their birthday is and you can make a plan. You don't know whether you're going to have to change that plan as a result of their health. But you make the plan early and you say, here's the date, and you put it in everybody's diaries. We should be putting dates in people's diaries to say, this is when we think it will be gone. If close to the time we have to shift it out, we'll do that. But let artistic venues know when they can open their doors. Let restaurants know when they can remove their restrictions. Let business know yeah. when the tax decisions are going to be taken. Let uh, business also know how that they can plan mm. for the future. And they also can't take just do it, it next account. week. So, and I'm going to, well, in the midst of all this, I might as well add in Chris Whitting because mm. he's going to be my first one. So rather than coming back to it. Um, but also take into account the fact that, you know, the R rate, for example, I did a bit of research on this a couple of weeks ago. The R rate is a collection of data which is affected by all sorts of different things, right? Including if you free up the economy slightly more. So if you tell kids to go back to school, the R rate immediately increases. Not because there's anything else going wrong, just because the likelihood of it going yeah. wrong increases. If you send university students back to university, the R rate goes up. You know, if you open pubs, the R rate goes up. doesn't mean there's anything bad going on. So they've got to take all of that information into account. They've got to say, right, we know that the R rate is going up. We know that the infection rate is going up. But so what? Right? People aren't dying in the same numbers. People are being protected in, in care homes. So let us move forward. And as you say, get a series of kind of points on the road as to where but we I can get out of it. I also want to see a change in policy which deals with the fact that we know more now. Right. And which I think comes down to the leadership. And I don't care whether it comes from Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, or Keir Starmer as the leader of the opposition, which is, OK, 
these are the areas which are vulnerable. If, if we have a choice between the whole population screening itself and shielding itself or an element of the population, then we all know that we need to keep people working. Yes, of and course. And we need to make sure that if, for example, you know, the government said, we'll cancel Christmas because that's when everybody gets together. So don't do that. Right. But do but they keep can't. working. And they let, can't. Let, let the virus just do its thing. I mean, you know, good luck trying to cancel Christmas. You know, you can't do it. You'll, do, you'll have your Christmas uh, as you would. I would have mine as I would. Well, there's the no way. very good Christmas. I mean, I already I know. I, of course they do. Um, you, I mean, you know, I, I shall have a Hanukkah bush. Yeah, you have a yeah, happy Hanukkah at the same time. Well, I used to live in New York and we did both. Because, you know, I consider Why myself not? to be eight, eight days of an honorary Jew from living in New York for 10 years. You know, well, so. you can do neither now, so well, get over it. this is the point, though. I mean, you, they well, can't don't control... need to have lots of people. I mean, just have some turkey. Mind you, people have been... Now, where... I mean, I know that we shouldn't necessarily go off script here, but all the people are suddenly stripping the supermarket shelves. It's like the locusts have been I in was in. Yeah, I was in a uh, supermarket yesterday. I couldn't believe it. All these people with, with trolleys rammed full of uh, toilet roll. How much bus paper do you need? Maybe they had a pro I'm, I'm just hoping that's not the problem. You know, I walked around my local supermarket, all the shelves were empty. I thought, oh my God, these idiots. The locusts are back. And it was an announcement saying the store is being refurbished at the uh, moment. So everything's <laughs> going. And I thought, I could have just taken a well, photograph, this, well, put it on Twitter and said, wasn't. look at those hoarders. No, this was my, no, I was so just be careful in. what you read on, online. Well, I wasn't reading online. I was actually there. Oh. So I was watching. So this must be true. No. Listen, I'm and it must trained, be representative of every supermarket. I'm a trained observer, yeah. and uh, you can certainly see, if you wish, that that is going on. And if mm. you doubt me, then that's fine. But you will find yourself. I think there is quite a lot of that going on. Yeah, there's a lot of it going on because people I mean, are very stupid. Stuff left over from the last. People time. are very stupid. <laughs> now, let's, that's enough about coronavirus. Have another go at your set. Who's your second nomination? So again, I feel as if I'm I'm treading on old ground here, but I feel as if I must. Because it's really annoying me because it is undermining one of the great institutions that we have. Hmm. And it has to be Megan. And it has to Megan. be Megan because she just can't help herself. No. It is tragic and it is sad. But here is somebody who has used their power and their privilege to, I don't know, get whatever fantasy they had in their in their dreams and they catch their man and da 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 then they get a whiff of whatever it is that they're actually marrying into they didn't listen to the people who gave probably advice along the way and yep. said look this is how it's going to be right. it's not going to be great all the time because there are certain things that you have to do yeah. and da 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 la 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 no i want to be a princess and then she was a princess do you not and think then... she might have been a princess all her life do you think she's always been like i this, think though? she's been a different kind of princess yeah, yes yeah. anyway um so, uh, well, I mean, when the what Megan wants, Megan gets thing came out, it was hilarious. Anyway, the fact that she has the ability, and I know well done Netflix, but she can go and spend 1.8 million quid and or more on a court case to where I think she's doing more collateral than oh, yeah. anything else. It just makes me wonder about not only her sanity, but also what damage is being done to the royal family. And indeed, how on earth that book that was written, how on earth some of the accuracy or discussion which it seems being corroborated that certain things did happen and were said mm. you don't get that information unless somebody is passing it of to course. you mm. and the fact that Omid Scobie the author of said book has now said oh that there was no collaboration with Megan oh really so who told you what she had to drink on her first date with Prince Harry when nobody else was actually there apart from her and Prince Harry well, do you not discuss with your friends what exactly you drank on a first date? No. It's a no. good first date. You don't remember. I don't tell my friends about any dates that I go on because <laughs> of fear of being exposed. I mean, I tell different people different things. So maybe if they'd spoken to, you know, a huge guy. Well, are you saying he's spoken to one ask, of her friends who told him? 
you think that's what happens? Yeah, Friends. of course. Right. Oh, Megan, though, I mean, you talked about low fat hanging fruit, though. It's really low hanging really, fruit, I know. Again, I but said, I know, but that it should just have me. Meghan and Harry written on it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they it's, are on it a it's lot. It's every week. Well, I know, you know but so they have to be there. But it's, they do. It's be a constant. It, and, and, it's, and maybe it's what they want. And maybe it's because they want us in the consciousness that they're prepared to. Yeah. If you're in a court case, then you're always going to have stuff. You're doing exactly what they want. You're talking about them. You're getting them on the uh, but agenda. But still you're smarting. But they don't want us to talk about them, do they? I no, think I'm they still smarting. When, they, they, when they want to. When oh. they want I'm to, yeah. I'm still smarting about that bullshine they came out with, about the stuff that they're going to produce. Here are two people. So, OK, so she was an, an actor or actress. A little-known actress. In, in, mm. a, in a show that Find Some People watched. That doesn't mean that you know how to make telly. No, of course it doesn't. It's going to, and there's no way, by the way, that that's going to earn them any kind of money whatsoever. They're getting a couple of million a year. That's it. Because what will then happen is anything they make will have to be dependent upon sales, on views, and you know, It'll unless bomb. yeah, and unless oh, they're willing. Except the to... thing is that loads of people will watch it because it's them. No, it won't. No, I don't think so. Because they're, one, they're not in it, right? All they're doing is making it. So it's going to be their kind of woke view of the world, you know, just about getting by with, you know, 19 bathrooms and 16 bedrooms and, you know, a five-car garage. But it'll annoy garage. enough people and enough journalists and enough columnists so. to, to make... I, I think, think so. will enjoy it if it's really awful. It. Yeah, but that's, that doesn't make you loads of money, does it? No. I mean, that's my point. I don't no, think, you know, I think I'm sure they'll find other revenue streams. I'm, I'm well, not. They might do. Yeah, I'm not too bothered. They might do. That but doesn't I mean, work. In another book. Another... I mean, they haven't proved themselves to be particularly successful at anything so far. I mean, they moved to Vancouver well, Island, peeing off the royal um, family and, yeah. and getting on the. No, they've done a very good job of that. Yeah, they moved to. But I do know, think I do think the fact that they've managed to do so many things that this is a sort of combined plankery. It's yes. it's yeah. it's it is. constant plankery. Yeah, which I think that you can make a mistake. And you might be up for plank of the week. But if you are constantly making mistakes, then that is proper plankery. Right. They also yeah, okay. moved to Los Angeles in the midst of a pandemic, which was about and, one of the most dangerous and, places uh, to move to. And, stuff. and And it's now, I mean, most of the part of that. California they live in is burnt to a crisp. Yes, yeah. that's true. You know? Yeah. Some so, nice restaurants, though, though. Lovely out there. No, it was nice. Yeah. I was there not long ago. But nevertheless, the point is, is that, you know, they could have gone anywhere in the world, right? He wanted to go to Africa, supposedly. Well, I don't know what happened to that. You know, if they'd gone to Africa, they could have been out of sight, out of mind. They could have done good they work. They didn't want to be out of but sight or out of mind. they didn't want to be there. That's <laughs> no, the point. No, they That's didn't. That's the point. So who's your second one, then? I mean, we're talking about definitions of plankery. This, to me, I think, just sums up really what it means to be a plank. The lady who was at 1.30 in the morning on Saturday, <laughs> hanging out of an open window on the M25 between Junction 6 and Clackett Lane service station. Yes, I know it well. I know, I know it well. She was not getting some air. She wasn't feeling ill. She was taking a video for live Snapchat. Dear she God. fell out of the car. Thank God she wasn't even injured. She, did, she must have she's still alive. she was drunk, was she? I don't know any more details right. apart from the fact she was hanging out of a window taking a live Snapchat video and ended up on a live lane on the M25. Belief, what a plank. Um, can you imagine? I mean, the, the, the trouble that could have caused. If someone had hit her, they have to live with that for the rest of their yeah. life. If someone had swerved and smashed in and killed their passengers. I mean, seriously. I just, that to me is that, that to me. I know she's not famous. I know she's not Megan. She might be, she might sell a, a Netflix series after girl, this. We'll but, it. you know, that to me I is, I dare say she won't do it again. 
You see, I agree. You see, that's that's, but that's one-off plankery. Yeah, I, I that's think that's allowed, okay. That's yes, allowed. no, it is. So this week she's a plank. Yeah, yes. and this will be the only week a maybe she ever plank. makes the list, which is which is yes. fine. Yeah. But I, I once said uh, that I was worried that that the world and the population of the world is sort of evolving backwards. I think it actually is. Mm. And there are so many <laughs> stupid people in the world now that you think, you know, we well, got, we've people, only got... So therefore there are inevitably going to be more no, stupid No, but we've people. only got so far and now we've literally started to regress. I think we have. I think people are so obsessed now with, yeah. uh, with social media. I mean, I remember being in New York not that long. It must have been last year. Um, and I was walking down the street. I was somewhere down on the Lower East Side and suddenly came upon this building which was obviously iconic in some way. I can't remember what it was, but there was all these people standing there taking selfies, you know, literally like dozens of them. Well, they don't have any friends. And obviously putting them out on Instagram. And I'm thinking, this is actually crazy behaviour. There was about, you know, there must have been 25 of them all doing the kind of but there are, but yeah. you see, Kim but Kardashian is, type pose. But then when you see the amount of money that some of these people are making... And this is, you know, if you I don't go understand back, this is not it. someone grabbing a mobile phone and taking a rubbish selfie like we might do. These are people who've got, I mean, yeah, 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 no, the work. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yes. have people yes, following but, them around. Yes, of course. But this is this is the point, isn't it? That we have allowed, if you like, this to happen. And also, as a result of the the rules and the laws that we have in our media, we've made it much easier for them to be advertised and to take money on the basis that the rules are not the same for radio and for TV yeah. and for film and all that sort of stuff in terms of product placement and all these mm. things. And so, of course, they've been absolutely making off like bandits until the regulators get up to speed and realise what's been going on. And they sort of are slowly. But we have made some very, very wealthy people, mm. very young, and created a whole generation who has more mental health problems than probably the rest of yeah. you know history put together. Yeah. Well, luckily, this woman. I'm not saying is, she was trying to earn any money, though, I'm, leaning out of a window. Well, happily, she's not, uh, she's not yeah, injured. But, I mean, absolute idiotic thing to do. Absolutely mad. My second one is going to be Russell Brand, somebody we haven't heard from for a while. But Russell oh. Brand, um, bizarrely, was trending on uh, social media this week because he put out one of the most ridiculous tweets I think we've ever seen. You might remember when Russell Brand was taken seriously briefly until he went on question time and proved himself to be a complete idiot, not only a sexist idiot. 
Yeah, just apricot. sort of apricot. not even cinnamon or apricot colour, more beige. I think he just, really. uh, I, I, well, I think he lost his point. Yes. Because I think he had a point. Did when he, ever he was one? on uh, Big Brother's Little Brother or whatever it was, and he, you know, he did all that sort of stuff, and then he was, you know, he was kind of quirky and he was. He was unusual. quite a funny stand-up comedian at one point. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. used to play to quite big size audiences, you know. But that happens to a lot of comedians, is yeah. that they begin to take themselves seriously. Yeah. Instead of... We got some acting roles, didn't he? Yes. And we know what happens with well, actors actors. in Hollywood. Exactly, exactly. Yes. But then also he had the, the story of the you know, ex-addict and he yeah. became someone... And actually that, I think, you know, was good. A lot of people could perhaps relate to that. But I agree with you in terms of comedy. Well, that's gone. I don't think he's done a movie recently. And, and the rehab thing is sort of... Yeah. He's mm. not mentioning... He's, now he's just talking about... So now he's just putting out tweets about dogs. his dog. Which is I mean, there's sad. nothing wrong with putting a tweet out about Listen, your dog. Listen, I put tweets out about my dog. But, but that's I mean, a different kind of I thing. I don't include the words working class. No. Or apricot. I don't make a, I don't make a class comment about... I, I, just, I mean, if I put comments about the dog... Because what are you I talking about? The working class or the apricot part? Or both together? Well, both together, really. Okay, I, just, I, mean, why, mm. I mean, the thing that I suppose annoys me the most about it is that he's clearly put a lot of thought into it. He's one of these people that has clearly gone, I know, I'll put out this tweet which will take people... By surprise. Is it so prankery though, or is it just sad? Well, it could be a bit of both, but I'm putting him in. I'm, I'm saying he's a plank. You're saying he's a plank. Okay, if I enough. say he's a plank, he's a plank. You know, it's All a bit right. like well, what we say show. on my show. If, it, if I <laughs> yeah. say it's news, it's news. That's it. <laughs> Who's your third one? My third one. I've gone for an institution because I think it's important. And no, it's not the British Broadcasting Corporation. They're they're all right this They've week. They've missed out this week. Normally they're on it. Yeah. Well, I think they're you know they're under sorry they're, Megan, they're, under, they're under they're under new leadership. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? It might, quite. It might help. Um, no, I want to go for the National Trust. Because the national, the national woke has suddenly woken up and they've mm. suddenly decided what we probably all knew. If you have any institution um, that was built up until probably the end of the First World War, perhaps even up to the Second World mm. War, chances are it is going to have been funded in some way or other that through the prism of today's society, we will not like. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with looking at the history and working out how did these people make their money, why we might not do that in today's society, and what can we learn from it. If, however, you start stripping out mm. stuff and taking things away and putting things down and, and having a sort of whole review which then starts to sort of change, if you like, that history, trying to rewrite it, it's another cancellation policy, if you like. Yeah. To me, that is crazy. And it's crazy because... I want to make sure that we as a society realise where we are today, which is we want to have an ability for anybody, regardless of their class or their colour or where they come from, whatever, to be able to make it in this world. We also have something called the National Trust, which was kind of a sort of product of previous taxation policies, which said we don't really want just, you know, sort of massively wealthy families just to be able to pass everything without some kind of taxation. So give it to the nation. So mm. it's already in the nation's hands right. and it's making money and it's bringing history to life and it's doing all sorts of things. Stop with the woke nonsense, please. This is a national institution that we own pretty right. much as a nation. Let's just make sure that it stays out of politics. And it's also and preserving things, isn't it? It's preserving yeah. buildings. It's preserving estates. It's preserving places of interest, which yeah. might otherwise go into private hands and which and, you'd never see. And I think also there is a danger, and there is a danger when you over-commoditise and over-sort of, 
you know, glaze over these things mm. that you, you know, and I've been to quite a few National Trust houses and, and I'm sort of disappointed that they're not quite as shiny and as smart as once they were. And yeah. it is all rather geared towards, oh, you know, let's have a lemonade stand and let's yeah. have a this and let's have right. a that. And it's all, you know, it's, it's turned, turned into some kind of, you know, theme park. Mm. It's I'm stopped. going to defend the National Trust oh, yeah, okay. yeah, as, as my card recently came through the post. Um, Fine. I appreciate, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying with this where they're doing a review and they're taking a look at all of the houses mm. and all of the gardens and there are links to things like slavery and all those sorts of things. But as a historian, I don't see that that's a bad thing, that that's what they're looking at. They're looking at history of houses, etc. In defence of their sort of shabby type houses, I think you're trying to explain there, that's because people aren't paying for their membership and going to visit those things. So this national institution does in some way, if we want to protect these Places and buildings, we are going. They are going to need to find a way to engage with the youth. Yeah, but if you go, I, I do not agree with all of the things that they're doing. I absolutely. But agree. I think they've been poorly run over the last few years, and they've allowed themselves to become politicised, like many charities, instead of doing the job mm. that they're meant to do. Right. But they tried doing the job that they meant to do, and that wasn't bringing in the revenue in which we need to protect and renovate these places. Well, then that means that they're not doing their job properly because they're not making their case. Well, surely the whole point. I mean, I'm, I guess they'll be suffering at the moment as well because there's not many tourists in the country going to these places, but. I mean, if you go, I mean, I've, I've been in the National Trust out of it. Um, if you go, you pay. So, I mean, I don't see why they can't get more people to go if they've got into I mean, I used to go to Rudyard Kipling's house, which is sort of over towards Lewis somewhere. Well, that'd um, probably be bad. Can't, remember the, the list, yeah. can't remember the name, but that'll be no doubt under the horror of horrors, you know, because he came from India and he had yeah. all sorts of connections. Chartwell's on the list. You know. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's a beautiful spot. Mm. Um, and my, I took my kids there when they were quite young and they were told off for running uh, through the, uh, the, the corridor. You know, and I thought, well, I don't think Rudyard Kipling would mind children running through the corridor. He was quite f fond of children, unlike you bloody people who are running this place like some kind of, you know, concentration I, camp. I think, I think they are a combination of stuck in the past, and I think they have allowed themselves to become too overly influenced. I, look, I like the stuck institution. stuck in the past. It's the National Trust, for <laughs> God's <laughs> sake. No, no, but, I, look, no, I, but I'm sorry. Yeah, but the organisation doesn't need to be. I, this whole idea of... In cancelling the past as though it didn't exist, I think is dangerous. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but what's even more ridiculous and what's even more dangerous is when we believe that we have an institution that you cannot say anything against. So, for example, during the whole clapping and the la la la, you couldn't say a word against the NHS. And, and then what you realise is that people were clapping for the people on the front line that we appreciated, all the rest of the stuff, the institution itself, the way it's run, the way it's organised, the way it's wasteful, the way, all that stuff, well, we couldn't possibly comment. And it's the same with the National Trust. I love the idea. I disapprove of the management of it, I disapprove of its unaccountability, and I disapprove of the fact that they have not modernised or adapted their offer to today in any other way than lowest common denominator, boring old crap. And it's about time that the, the old farts at the top realise that they've got to wake up, realise well, that they've got to... Well, they are woke now, there's no question well, yeah, about they, that. they've woken up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Woken up, but they need to wake up, not woken up. I'm sorry, woke <laughs> is a load of old nonsense. Clear them out. Get rid of these See? stuffed shirts. I think he feels quite strongly about I know, I know. I get many reasons this should have been your number one. Many reasons I agree with you. But, and I also think if they are struggling to get people through the doors by navel-gazing and looking at the, you know, this colonial past, which, let's be honest, you could look at absolutely every part. I mean, yeah. Bristol University, for well, goodness know, sake. My entire degree is built past. on that. Well, but it was a colonial past. They are past. not going to get it, people through the door, well, young absolutely, people, because the, the, the problem by doing about, it that way. Exactly. The problem with the colonial past is that then you start need to investigate two other you know, major things. One is the Industrial Revolution yeah. and what that did to people oh, how people treat it. Don't and worry, they will be doing it. I mean, the Natural History Museum are looking at Darwin, for heaven's sake. Well, quite. You know, I mean, his statue's right there in the middle of the lobby. 
But are you they going to remove women, it? Though, for goodness sakes, I mean. Well, well, I agree. And, with and then the second thing that they need to look at, except they don't go there, is organised religion. Yeah. I mean, you know, onward, Christian soldiers. Let's get the lyrics of those out, shall yeah, we? Right. Yeah, Blimey. You don't poke around the Vatican too long either before you might find some Nazi gold, but that's another story. Well, that, anyway, <laughs> um, how, about, how about your final... Wowzers! Uh, I mean, about, who knew that that was possible? <laughs> We've ended up there. How about your final, uh, your final nominee? Goodness, um, it does run along with the theme of a, a kind of cancel culture. Mm. And I, I bristle when I think of cancel and culture going together, like it's culture. Yes. Um, and this is related to... Oh, the good old tradition of protest songs. You know? Yes. Remember? The, like Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Blown Dylan. Blown in the wind. Crosby, Stills, Nash. Yes. Public Enemy, you know? This is Belfast City Council mm. and one Emmett McDonough Brown, who has... Great name. Yes, indeed. Sounds who like has he called was in Back to the Future, but clearly he was For <laughs> the recall, I think it's a recall, of Van Morrison's Freedom of, of the, the city, city. Oh, yeah. because he's about to release three protest songs in which he talks about making up the data, yeah. data, fascists, bullies, I think he says. Not appreciating the irony of taking away freedoms for someone who's singing a song about taking away freedoms. <laughs> it's um, quite interesting. But it, to me, it just goes along the line of this, yeah, this cancel culture. Mm. Thank goodness Van Morrison's got a reputation and a, a bank balance that doesn't need that doesn't. sort of... Uh, but I just think, what is that person trying to achieve? Everything you've done... Well, they're trying to, your... vir- to virtue... Because once again, every, everything's now so tribal. You know, if you say that you don't think people should be wearing masks and you're not going to wear one, you're immediately branded a kind of thick racist Brexiteer, you know, you're immediately in that box over there, gammon, you know, whereas if you want to wear a mask, you're much cleverer, Uh, you're probably a Remainer, Uh, you may well uh, lean to the left. I mean, it's all this ridiculous kind of collectivism that goes on there. But isn't isn't it it quite dangerous, though, that because of a a more of the day or an attitude, that had Van Morrison been a young 20-something-year-old, like a Bob Dylan when he first did his uh, war songs, he may never have produced another album again. No. no one would take him on. So we're losing actual real and nobody culture. nobody would play the song on the radio either. Exactly. Because that would be wrong. As a result of cancel culture. Mm. But I, 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 I think that we've ended up in a very weird place. And the very weird place is that somebody says something that you don't like and it gives them the right to, to almost ban it, which is in itself ridiculous. And the second point is that we also have a tribal load of keyboard warriors mm. who are perfectly happy to do all sorts of despicable things Mm -hmm. online because they can or they think they can be faceless Mm. and that has to be held to account and that is where we've ended up you know like the advertising we you have rules so say for example you you do a radio show something somebody calls in and they defame somebody or whatever you know you can't do that for for good reason Online, we don't have the same rules. We don't have the same rules with advertising. We don't have the same rules with what you can say and what you can't say. And and also people's justice. I want people to be able to say pretty much what they like, mm. but you need to be held accountable for what you say and yeah. what you do. Yeah. And that's what Freedom free speech, speech exactly. is basically all about. Exactly. And you we know, don't have You can say what you want, um, but there may well be a consequence to what you say. You know, Quite. If you break the law by saying something hateful, uh, then you may well be prosecuted. But that still doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to say it. Would exactly. be my view, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt that this Belfast councillor is, is kind of uh, definitely tro- trolling in the kind of the, the sea of virtue, hoping that people go, oh, that's a good idea. Is it a woman? I don't it, know. It's or a, a man. It's a guy. Emmett? Emmett. I just, 
It's one of those names I couldn't I couldn't guess at. There was I was going to actually do Hammersmith and Fulham um, council this so week. So was I. That was on because, my list. Uh, but I thought I couldn't do another council. Um, but they actually took that these away. Are the, these are the they... ones who um, who told people who work for the council who are working from home that they can't smoke. They denied that. House. That's why it came off my list. So oh, is that it was right? Due to directive in 2015, they oh, said that you couldn't be smoking anywhere where you use it for predominantly home working. And that's a debate that needs to be discussed well, I mean, there are as we're all places, working from home. However, there are, there are plenty of places where you can't smoke anyway, you know, and quite a lot of buildings where you can't smoke, even if you're in a residential flat. That's because true. Uh, because places have banned it, you know, but I just thought it was a bit of an overarching thing. But instead, I'm going for Angus Robertson, uh, who's the SNP MP. Uh, who wrote a piece in a paper called The National, which has got such low circulation, um, they'd be probably quicker just emailing it to people rather than actually bothering to print it. Um, it's, it comes out and, uh, and for Scottish nationalists in Scotland. And he wrote this piece about the second possible independence referendum, in which he did that terrible thing, which politicians really shouldn't do. Um, but he spoke about how the likelihood of, of a yes vote was, was now stronger than it was when they did the first one because many more young people had become of voting age, because I think they now got the vote at the age of 16, all of whom are more likely to vote yes. Uh, and many of the older people who voted no have now died off. And you just think, why would you even write that down? Never mind, think it. If you think it, that's bad enough. But then to write it down and then to send it to a newspaper so, for them to print it. So you're basically going, we can definitely win this, guys, because all the people who voted no have all died, and we've got some new, young, fresh blood coming in. But it was the same yes. thing that people were arguing with Brexit. Yeah. And also... But it's shocking, though, for politicians it is to use that, isn't it? It's a it terrible absolutely argument. awful. Yeah. But also, everybody forgets, we had Youth Wave, I think it was called, after the... Youth know, Quake, was Youth it? Quake, exactly, yeah. exactly. And then once they, you know, saying oh, young people going out and voting, et cetera, et cetera, and they worked out, actually, they weren't going out. So while you may have mm. more 16-year-olds, 17, 18, those people eligible to vote now, all the stats show they are not going out right. to vote. So that's a nonsense argument it really is. anyway from that angle. To talk about people dying is just also, grotesque. It's fairly yeah. despicable. If somebody has spent all of their life working hard and doing what they do, to then say your vote no longer counts because you're going to be dead next week right. uh, is not acceptable because... You know, otherwise you start to get into this um, very difficult argument, which is, OK, well, then you should have a portion of a vote when you're young because yeah. you haven't really contributed very much to society right. yet. Yes. And why should a vote of a 16 year old be just as valuable as somebody who's 87? And, and then it comes down to money right. because the, the 16 year old say, but I've got my life to live. And the 87 year old said, yeah, and, and I've lived all my life and I've paid into yeah. this. So I wouldn't mind having all, all these millennials. To you remember all, all these millennials after the Brexit uh, referendum said, you know, these old people have stolen our future. And you kind of go, sorry, I beg your pardon. What, some of the old people who actually safeguarded your future by fighting in a war uh, which actually made sure that we didn't. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, get the jackpot. Perhaps of, they know of, a little more than you. Yeah. Well, not only that, but have a little bit of respect for them. And also, you know, don't... I mean, the problem now, I go think, for a lot of... Vote. Yeah, go out and vote. Or, and, and arguably, you know, they're saying, we made a mistake because we've seen it. You haven't. Yes. We've seen what it was like before. Mm. 
we've seen what's happened as a result of this. And we've also seen, and again, it comes down to money, flows of money. Yeah. And most of the objections seem to be about, I can't go and work in Europe anymore, which is wrong, because if you really you want can. to go and work, you go and work in Europe. Go, they go will be it. very happy to have people who most speak of them the won't language go or have near skills. Europe, you know, because they won't actually bother to learn a second language in order to go and work in Germany or Spanish to go and work in Spain. But they want to have the right to do it, even though they don't know what they would do with that right. It's absolutely ridiculous. So Angus Robertson is my final one. So now mm. we have to get them down to one mm. per mm. person, right? So would you like to pick your favourite one of James's? So James, remind us of your three. So my three were Keir Starmer, mm -hmm. uh, Megan, mm. or the National Trust. I'm going to offer it to Sakia in the hope that he's watching this yes. and delivers some policies soon. So Sakia, to avoid being on the plank list in the future, I nominate you this time round as, as a warning. That. I don't is think that fair? Is that fair? I, I, it's your choice. Yeah, apologies. Oh, well, it puts him in the final three, which is yes. good. So you pick my three. Mm. Russell Brand, Angus Robertson, Chris Whitty. So I think we'll just, we'll just do the brand. Okay. The well, brand, Russell Brand won't be in there again probably for a while because yeah, he doesn't and I think really do it's, very it's much. different and I think he, he and people like him because I think it's not just about him. It's about all the comedians who suddenly cross the Rubicon yes. into thinking that people actually care what they think. Yeah. It's true. It's rather like Nish Kumar. Yeah. Nobody cares what you think. If you make me laugh, well done, you've done your job. Right. If you don't make me laugh or if you're just political, go and be a politician. Yeah. I don't care for you. Yes, it, it's, I agree with it's that. that. So I think he, so it's Russell Brand standing for all those people right. who have crossed the Rubicon. You are the plank. So Russell Brand and Keir Starmer versus your... I'm never writing apricot in a tweet. <laughs> for God's sakes. Okay. Your final three were? Mine were Lady Snapchat. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Boris Johnson. Oh, mm. And Belfast yes. City Council. It's hard not to put Boris in, isn't it? I mean, it has to be Boris, really, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's your I mean, show. It's, 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 uh, it's impossible not to put Boris in there, I think. Mm. I, think he has to be, I think it has to be Boris. So that means we've got Boris, Russell Brand and Sir Keir Starmer. Who has disappointed you the most this week? My expectations of Sakir were pretty... leadership. OK, look, <laughs> well, it's bland. Yeah, and that's the thing, to me, is as bland as that. No, Boris have, has I disappointed no, yeah, but me hugely. I have no hugely. expectations from Keir Starmer at all. I don't expect exactly. anything from him because but I, I know he's useless. I don't share James's view that he's a good Chris politician. Chris Whitty was on your list yeah. because he was enabled to face the public when Boris should have delivered that and not have questions yeah, but over Boris the data. Yeah, gave him that position. It's not his fault. All of the decisions come down to leadership. I would like to see, as James says, Boris succeed in what he does, despite mm -hmm. the fact that he's not doing a great job at the moment. So I would encourage him by making him plank number two and making Keir plank number one. That would be my view. Sort of reverse psychology of what mm. I said. Okay. Yeah, I, I would like so. him to do better. And then Russell Brand comes in a close third. I've never won. I've never won. It's not about you. I know. You see? This is interesting. Whenever, <laughs> there are certain people who think that their, their nominee must win in order for them to have had a good day. No, that's not true. I'm back. I've never won in the past. You know you've never won, though. I didn't know that. Sorry, when you say that, I'm just thinking... Because really, you've I'll had go, a million guesses. Why would, you even, why would you even know who I've mentioned But I don't past? care if my nominee wins or not, is what I'm saying. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm massively no, bothered. No, I don't care. You've won. That's because mm. you're being magnanimous Again. now. Did last victory. time. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Winner. Uh, the winner of Plank of the Week this week, Sir Keir Starmer. Lose the Sir as well, by the way. Uh, yes. We'll see you next week. Thanks very much to James Max and Georgie Frost. See you soon.